You're listening to a podcast hosted on the Podcaster Matrix. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. Welcome to Small Business Saturdays. Welcome to Small Business Saturdays. The Small Business Saturdays podcast. With your host and my husband. And my dad, Aaron Montgomery. Join the conversation. Let's talk some business. You're listening to a continuation of the Small Business Saturdays podcast, recapping the 10-week success principles project with host Aaron Montgomery and guest host Christine Shreve. We join this episode in progress. All right. So week eight was blaming, complaining, and excuse making. And um, <laughs> I, I love to say that I, I come from a long line of blamers, complainers, and excuse makers. The Montgomerys have mastered that ability. <laughs> but the point being is that we want to stop doing that. So with, with that being said, Christine, what I know we came up with fishbowl. I thought that was uh, really hilarious. As I was thinking about yesterday on, on two regular guys bringing up the situation with the uh, equipment or the, the jersey that my, my son had, I actually immediately, before I even said anything, before I even thought about sharing it, I said to myself, wait a second, am I just complaining? You know, because I'm obviously sharing this with people that can do nothing about it for me. <laughs> Nobody on two, listening well, to yeah, regular guys was but... responsible for my problem that I had. But again, yeah, so it, it's it's kind of thinking through that. Now, I came to the realization that this sharing this was an opportunity to educate and share people, share with people right. that. Um, that they do things. So I, I continue forward. But to me, this having a something that you key into and go, okay, let me think about this, that 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 pause before you actually say something <laughs> before you blame, complain or make an excuse. Right. So has, has this changed anything for you? Excuse, I think might be where it's really easy for me sometimes to come up with reasons, especially right now, I think with everything that's going on, why I can't do something, why mm -hmm. I shouldn't do something. Yeah. That's something that I need to check a little bit, I think maybe more often than I do. So maybe I need a fishbowl for excuses. I don't know. <laughs> Blaming, I think for the most part, I've got a handle on that pretty well. Did a lot of that in the past. I yeah. mean, you know, everybody was responsible for all the, and you, you get out of that, I think, eventually as you evolve. Complaining, yeah, I still do that. I mean, well, I... You probably didn't see it, but on Wednesday, I did a podcast for women in business on, you know, tough times don't last, tough women do. And it was inspired by the fact that the previous two days had kind of been this procession of little annoyances. And Carolyn Cagle was helping me with setting up my new studio upstairs, which I'm still working on. And she was on camera with me and I just went total drama queen on her. <laughs> and I was just like complaining and bitching and moaning and everything was horrible. And I was going to end up, you know, why was I even bothering with this? Why did I spend all the money on this podcast that nobody was going to want to see? And why, blah, blah, you know, and, and just like I vomited drama queen all over her. Not many people get to see my inner drama queen because she's not pretty. Um, I think that the one thing that saves me, I think, in the complaining mode is that 
I have learned over the years that sometimes I do take it to drama queen mode and I get so exaggerated and so stupid about it that I just end up laughing at myself because it's just so out of proportion and dumb to whatever's happening that it's like, plus the other thing that I do when I feel like complaining is I remember the people I know who are really going through some serious stuff, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Renee with her brain surgery Mm -hmm. or you know, and I'm like, Jesus, what do I have to complain about? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah. And, and also just remembering that all three of those things, blaming, complaining and excuses are just obstacles in the path of getting what you want. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, if you're, if you're leading with those things, you're going to be able to get to where you want. I mean, you think about somebody that people have a lot of reasons that you could go, yeah, they, they, probably do have a reason to blame or complain or, or, uh, you know, make excuses because of, like you said, what they're going through. I mean, Dr. Martin Luther King, you know, his speech Mm -hmm. was not, I have a complaint. It was, you know, I have a dream. He he had plenty that he could have complained about, but instead he chose to say, this is what I want instead. I'm not going to worry about what's happened. I'm going to focus on what can be, what should be. Well, if you want to take that, I mean, to an even further example, there's a great book by an author called David Halberstram, H-A-L-B-E-R-S-T-R-A-M, called The Children, which is about the young people who in the 1960s were part of the nonviolent action and the, the student I don't remember the names of them, but, you know, the civil rights movements. Okay. And I mean, these kids, if there was anybody that could complain that they'd gotten a raw deal, it was these kids. And they went out and put their lives on the line. They got attacked. They got beaten. They got jailed. And, you know, they, and when they talked, they didn't say, well, you know, you guys really screwed us over. They said, we have a right to this. We have a dream to be full participating citizens in the United States of America. And we're going to fight for what we believe is right. Yeah. I mean, holy crap. I mean, it's an amazing book. I highly recommend everybody read it because I knew bits and pieces of the story, but I didn't know the whole thing. And it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Good. I'll I'll look that up. I have not read that one. That's a great one. Put it on the list. So let's get to week nine. Just so everybody knows this seven, eight, nine were, were kind of the hundred percent responsibility part of, of the series. Jack Canfield's success principles. The number one success principle is taking a hundred percent responsibility for your life. And he always talks about the fact that that's core to everything else. And, and so it's introduced the fact that we need to take a hundred percent responsibility. Let's get rid of the blaming, complaining, excuse speaking. And then week nine, we got into, okay, what can we control? What, what is in our control? With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and put the worksheet up here first, and uh, we can kind of talk through that. I mentioned earlier, and I, I didn't explain it, Christine, so maybe I'll do, th- do that real quick right now. He has this formula that uh, I really like. It's called E plus R equals O, and it stands for the event, whatever the thing that's going on, the event, plus your response how, how you react to that event is what equals the outcome. The only thing that you have control over is that R in the middle and that R in the middle determines what the outcome is. So, you know, mm-hmm. one plus one is two and, and without the, the one in the middle, you're not going to get to two. So that R is, is what you're responsible for or what it is that you can control. 
With that being said, what, what are your thoughts here, Christine? My feeling on this is it's really valuable because the number one thing it asks is what are you resenting? What are your mm-hmm. big resentments? What are the things in your life that you feel somebody did you wrong or something happened unfairly or what was it? And then the very next question is, what did you do to make that happen? And, you know, part of me was like, the first time I saw this part of me went, well, you know, I, one of the, the play, I don't know that it's resentments. I don't know that I want to call it that, but one of the <laughs> sadnesses of my life, I guess, is my childhood and the way I grew up. Sure. And, you know, then I looked at the next question and I thought, well, what was my role in creating that? Well, I didn't have a role. I was born, Yeah. you know, but I kind of did have a role because I let what happened to me in my childhood and and what I was told and how I was raised impact my adult behavior for a lot longer than I probably should have. So, yes, I did have a role in creating problems for myself down the road. Yes. Because I didn't choose to get help and take responsibility. Yes. So, because my first reaction, I wrote down the resentment and then I saw the next question and I went, well, screw you, Jack Canfield. I didn't have anything to do with this. And then, you know, I thought about it a little bit and I went, no, wait, I kind of did. Because if I really believe that when you grow up, you take 100% responsibility, then if I didn't take responsibility for repairing the damage, then I did have a role. Exactly. And then that immediately led to number three, what could I have done differently? What I eventually did, which was take responsibility, get help, figure things out, journal, write, cry, whatever I needed to do. And then the different outcome was I am who I am now. Correct. That's awesome. That's perfect. What's interesting to me is that my initial reaction to that second question was, I didn't do it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I really, I mean, viscerally was angry about it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's that that happens for a lot of people that especially when you're in that cycle of blaming and complaining and making excuses that when somebody asks you, well, did you have anything to do with making that? You, oh, no, not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm grinning ear to ear because that is just, I mean, that's exactly what this is all about. It, it and, and I think it is hard because kind of your role, like you said, I was born. So what role did I have playing in that? Nothing, but you found the, the whole point of this thing is like, okay, yes, you might, have the bad things that happen to you and and that's terrible and we certainly would like to not have that that type of thing happen but what are you going to do with that experience what what's your response to it going to be as a child probably don't have a lot of tools to have a lot more responses other than just to survive but as you grow older and and as you learn and as you grow you know, hopefully you're building those tools to create something different for yourself to, to create a different response and, and to then also create a different outcome. So that that's the perfect well, story. What, to share. what makes me laugh about this whole thing? Carolyn sent me a cartoon that I also showed on my show on Wednesday. Okay. And it said, it's this very pop arty lady looking all, you know, like that. And <laughs> it says, I'm so tired of just making me stronger and not killing me. 
And I laughed like a goon when I got that. I was like, this is so perfect. Yes. And, you know, and I have heard over my lifetime, God never gives you more than he thinks you can handle or, you know, People have even said to me, you're so lucky you went through all this stuff. Think how strong you must be. And I was like, you know what? I trade a little strength for not having gone through yeah. some of the things I've gone through. Yeah. But I kind of have circled around a little bit to the idea that if you have had things in your life that are hard or sad or bad or painful or, you know, scarring or whatever they were, one good that can come out of them is using what you've learned to help other people, yeah. whether it's telling them that one of the things that I want to do more of is writing or speaking about sexual abuse, because I know from my own experience that not telling is very hard and telling is very hard. And that even when you tell, there's still guilt. And I want to talk to other people who are going through that process, especially people who are maybe making the decision to figure out whether or not they can or should tell, because that's, I did that by myself and that's an enormous, enormous thing, but I had that experience. So now I can take what I learned and I can also stand here many, many years later and say, I did it. And my life did not burn down. I didn't die. Honestly, I can tell you the moment that you realize that you have set in motion a process that will put someone else in jail is huge. But I know that now and I can tell other people about it. And so something, I mean, uh, leaving aside the fact that the idiot who did what he did went to jail, other good came out of it yes. is where I'm going with this. Yeah. I took a roundabout way to get there, but. No, I, I you know. appreciate you sharing that. That is incredible that uh, you can have that realization that uh, you know, something like that, uh, again, you're, you're choosing your response to that whole thing. And, and that's so incredible and, and so inspiring that, you know, you can create something good. You can create help. You can create safe space well, for others. You can. Yeah. And I think it's really weird, but always in the back of my mind when I was growing up and when these things were happening to me in the back of my mind, there was this little voice that kept going. They're not going to win. They're not going to get, they're not, you know, it's, they're not going to triumph here. I will. Yeah. And this is, this is what that looks like. Partly. Yeah. This is, you know, and I'm not saying, I mean, I don't want to say I had the worst childhood ever. And I don't, I'm sure there were people who had much worse experiences than I did. And, you know, my parents, I hate this phrase, but it's true. They did the best they could with what they had. They yeah. did the best they could with the tools they had and the knowledge they had at the time. And I accept that and I acknowledge that. But what happened after that was up to me. So 100% yeah. responsibility. To circle back to what we were talking yeah. about. Sorry, yeah. I cut off no. a little thing there. No, that's that's a, that is the circle of it. I mean, I, I I don't think it could be explained any better than than you just have for us. So um, I really appreciate that. That's uh, fantastic, and and this can work in all aspects of of our lives, you know. And 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 again, the I hate to always try to bring it back to to the business side of this, but the, the, there's oh, yeah, there's a, have to be trauma. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, this is the great part to me that I love about this is that if we can not solve, but, but bring some clarity, get, get some control, have some power, create something new and better with this in 
in those kinds of situations, just think what we can use these kinds of techniques in our business for, you know, so Mm -hmm. COVID happens, businesses, you know, sports go away for people that are doing sports or, you know, whatever the challenges were that were faced. Okay. Well, how do we respond to that though? That's what the question becomes. What do you do? You have to make that choice to, to respond appropriately. Do you pivot? Do you start working with other people? Do you try new things? Do you, you know, whatever those potential responses are, that's your choice. You know, you can't control that COVID happened. Mm-hmm. So that's where, for me, it all ties back together too. And I, I just, I'm so grateful that uh, you've shared what you did. I, I, it makes it so much more clear to me how that progression. Yeah. Cause getting, getting past that number two question, I think is, is most people's challenge. The, the one well, about it, what your role in creating that. It challenges also, I think one of the main precepts of the victim mentality, which is I can't control it. I can't do anything about it. It's being done to me. And therefore I have no agency here Sure. to yeah. use a lot of therapy words in, in one short paragraph. <laughs> Once you get outside that and you say, yes, I am a force in this world. I am a force in my world and I have an ability to impact it. Then number one, you've stepped out of being a victim which I think is hugely important. And the sky's the limit then, you know, as opposed to, but that I have to say that second question, the fact that I reacted as viscerally to it. I mean, I literally did. I got pissed, Yeah. you know, and I was like, wow, okay. There's something there. If you're that angry by these little, you know, five words on a piece of paper, if they made you that angry. Yeah. But I also was approaching something that is, a, you know, a serious point of, of a lot of issues for me. So Sure, sure. Wow. You know, which well, might be a signal, too. If you hit on something that really brings up a strong emotion when you look at that second question, then maybe that's something you really need to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get that out and, and get in front of it. That's, that's, that's great advice. Awesome. All right, Christine, let's, let's get to number 10 here and uh, put a, put a lovely two four minutes yep, two, two, hey, perfect. This is, this is great. Uh, just tons of wonderful information here. All right. So we, we get to, to number 10, which is believe it's up to you. What, what you believe is up to you. And this can mean a lot of things to, to a lot of different people um, to me, but ideally what, what's happening here is, is we're taking this idea that what we believe is up to you. We went back to where we were talking about the, the BHAG or the breakthrough goal. And if you put the I will at the beginning of that and continuously say that until you actually believe it, that's when it's going to come true for you. So this is about affirmations, but what, what did you take from, from week 10? Well, like I said, when we were talking a while back, mm-hmm. belief is probably one of the toughest things for me. Belief is still a work in process with me. What I took away from this, though, was if I don't believe it, I'm never going to make the progress that I want to make. So sometimes it's a fake it till you make it situation. Mm-hmm. It's writing it down and saying it over and over until you it actually becomes something that you can say with conviction. Yeah. Belief is a, a tricky thing, especially if you're still dealing with 
self-esteem issues or other things like that. It's hard, you know, like I said, I can believe good things for everybody else in the world. I just have a really hard time believing that good things are available for me or to me. Yeah. But half the battle is realizing that. But I think in terms of what this exercise asks you to do, I think it's really valuable because, you know, I've read a lot. I haven't read a lot, but I've read some books where they say, you know, pick a daily affirmation and say your daily, you know, and it's some generic thing. Like I am open to all the good and abundance in the universe or whatever. And it's like, and I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing to say, but I don't know that it has as much resonance as an affirmation that you come up with for yourself. That is something specific to you and what you want and care about. If we wanted to set up another podcast, we could, I could do a whole show on belief. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It is a tough thing. I think for most people, I I don't think that you're alone in the fact that we can believe and, and, and have faith and all that stuff in, in everybody else around us. You know, I, I, I know my wife's going to do great things. I know my son's going to do great things. I I know the people around me. I know the OSG community is going to do great things, but when it's time for me to go, okay, here's what I want to achieve for me, you know, within my goals, not, not like a uh, greedy thing, but just to my goals, it does right. become that challenge of like, oh, can I really do this? That that critic creeps in and that that guy that's telling you, well, you failed at this, you failed at that, you you screwed up this. It, it's the the self-trust, the self-belief that this to me is is that that kind of tool to retrain that inner critic. Uh, mm-hmm. because if you continue to sit and tell this inner critic that I will do this, I have this, I will do this, I will, and, and get to that positive point, he'll finally get to a point where he goes, oh, well, you have done all these cool things. Maybe you haven't done them yet, but you've said it enough times that you can actually start to believe it. Because the other part about this, Christine, that, that I always want to make sure that we talk about is because a lot of times we get to a point where you know, maybe we're not as successful in our business as we want to be and we just can't figure it out. And typically what ha- is happening there is that's you choosing not to. You know, we have a fear of being successful. We have a, 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 a some people call like a, a money set point. You know, I, I couldn't get my business past $100,000, but there was something inside of you that's not allowing you to do that. You know, maybe your parents had said that uh, money is the root of all evil or, um, you know, whatever that case may be. But if you continue to believe that you're, oh, I'm, I'm just this poor person. I'm just this, I'm just that. Whatever those just are, that's as far as you're going to go. If you say, hey, I'm this person, I'm doing these amazing things. I'm award-winning mm-hmm. author. I'm a, you know, successful business owner. Like you said, specific for you, then that's going to take you a lot farther than relying on the, oh, well, you know, it's just, I'm just this poor person. I'm just this thing. Well, and I think if I can throw out one more. Yes, please. I, I think you're completely right. I think the inner critic is a problem for a lot of people. I think the other problem, and I know this is the one I have, is believing that you deserve it. There's a part of me that is still that kid who was told you're not good enough, you're not important, you're not, you know, whatever. You know, I don't want to get started on inner child because that makes me want to punch people too. But (laughs) that person is still there. For me, believing in good for myself is more about not quite believing that I'm worthy of it. 
I mean, I can accept my accomplishments and I can be proud of what I've done, but there's part of me that still goes, yeah, but you really don't deserve this. Yeah. yeah. You really aren't worth it. Yeah. You know, why should people want to read a book that you wrote? Why should people want to listen to a podcast that you do, you know? And like my, my inner critic or my inner child is kind of a bitch sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) They are, but just like dealing with other people in our lives, we either have to stand up to them or, or, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that actually leads me to what I was going to say, which is I have started doing that. I actually, I mean, not that I want to be like, not that I want to sound even more like crazy person than I do, but I literally have physically stopped what I was doing and said no to a thought in my head that went, you know, you're not worth it or, you know, you're stupid and why would anybody want, you know, and I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not. And then I reframe it into something positive about me. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'll admit, I probably would look a little crazy were there anybody else in the house with me, (laughs) but it works for me. Sure. And but that's not crazy at all. I mean, that that's somebody that is is aware and uh, is taking responsibility. That's that's somebody that's um, you know doing the things that they need to do. Because I, I don't mean to to kind of cut you off, but but I even see this back to what had Jim had, was talking about with you know undervaluing his services. Where here's the other part of it. Again, you're providing value to other people, to the world, to the universe, whatever right. whatever that you're looking at. You're providing that value, and in return for that value, you know, again, it should be, uh, you should get value in return for that value. That's worth what it is that you're providing. Again, if we're our own worst critic, then we're never going to feel like we are providing enough value. But if we can be proud, you know, stop ourselves, you know, as Christine said, act like the crazy person that's, that's talking to themselves. If we can do that, then that changes everything because now I go, Oh yeah, this, thing that I made, you know, this coffee mug, this whatever, that's actually pretty cool. I, I, I feel pretty proud of it. And, and it's got their logo on it and, and it's got the grandkids on it, whatever it is that you're making, there's going to be value to the person that's getting that too. And, and so we've got to get beyond that somehow. And, and, and I, again, outside of these kinds of things where you're doing those affirmations, doing what Christine mentioned, where you stop yourself and you're intentional about it. Um, I don't know a lot of other ways to get rid of that inner critic. Well, I think it comes down to inner critic or if you've been taught that you don't have value, which are sort of the same thing. It's just a little different message, I think. Yeah. Well, the inner critic is built, though, by those things that you're taught, you're told, you're, yeah, you know, so, yeah, sorry. It's the same theory, basically. And I think we all need to remember in all the stuff that we're talking about that it's all a work in progress and it's going to take time to unlearn, especially if it's something that you spent years learning, it's going to take time and it's going to take, you used a really good word that I like being intentional. It's going to take being alert and paying attention to what you're thinking and what you're saying to yourself and what you're saying to others. And it's going to take commitment to, I want to get over this. And I'll admit a lot of the stuff that I do, I do a lot of the stuff that I'm trying to fix. I'm trying to fix not so much because I think it'll be better for me, but because I think it'll allow me to help others more. I've latched onto that because that gives me a life raft until I can get to the point where I'm like, I'm worth it just because I'm worth it. 
So I can say right now I'm worth it because if I can do this, I can offer a lot more things out there that I think can help other people. So, you know, you find the life raft you can find and you make it work for you. Yeah. Basically. I, I love that. If you're doing it in service of others, it, it will carry you through to that. I mean, the other thing we got to realize, though, is that everything that we're doing, whenever we're providing value out there, whether that's a good or service or porting or being there, you know, whatever it is that we're doing out there, those are all in service of other people. Because if it wasn't, you probably aren't doing the things that aren't in service of other people unless you're, you know, you've got some other issues, but that's a whole, again, a whole different podcast. But <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of knew when, when you asked me if I wanted to do this, I'm like, Oh man, he doesn't know what he's asking. <laughs> <laughs> nope. This is exactly what I had hoped for. So I, I wasn't sure, but, but I, I was hopeful that we could really get into this and, and and honestly, talk about providing value. You've you've provided a ton of value to me here today. And when we talked about the hundred percent responsibility thing, how to help people get from that first question to that second question, I didn't I didn't know how to do that. I, I couldn't find a, a a good way. You know, I've been pretty blessed in my life. I have not had a bunch of really difficult things happen to me. You know, I've certainly had things, but but. I, I definitely mm -hmm. feel myself to be very lucky. My my parents were pretty darn good. You know, they, they did get divorced, but, you know, so I, I've definitely overcome some challenges, but not in the way that, that a lot of people have to deal with. So ton of value there for, for that is just one, one of the points, you know, I've got a book full of notes here. So thank you very much for, for all of this insight. <laughs> well, I can help. And I mean, I, I do want to emphasize that, a lot of times I end up talking about trauma in my life or things that happened to me that weren't optimal because that's stuff that I learned from and stuff that I think will be the most helpful to other people. Yeah. I could also equally give you stories about people who impacted my life in a very, very positive way when I was growing yeah. up. My maternal grandmother that I mentioned earlier was was and is and always will be probably one of the people that I aspire to be like. She was amazing. So I had a lot of angels in in yeah. my, I don't like religious imagery, but that's the only word I can think of. <laughs> I had a lot of angels in my life. I had a lot of people who threw me a rope or a life yeah. raft when I needed one. I talk about the trauma because the trauma is where I feel like I can help people. Yep. But I don't want to be like, oh, my God, my life was just complete from the day I was born. You know, it yeah. wasn't. I learned a lot from the experiences I went through and not all of it was great, but, yeah. you know, not well, all of it was horrible either. Yeah. And that's why I love talking to you because, yeah, you don't come across as that. You you share. I, I can tell that you share from a place of of helping and, and of service and of bringing perspective to things and and. And that was what I was really hopeful for. So I never, ever have wanted to be one of those people that was like, my childhood was so awful. And, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, can I punch you now? please? <laughs> you know, because it's just everybody. Ha and I think that's something that is another part of taking responsibility. If I can circle back to that for just a yes. second. Sure. Everybody has their thing. Everybody has their traumas. Everybody has their sadnesses. Everybody has their disabilities or their impediments or their obstacles or whatever. Sure. Everybody's got something. And it is not the tragedy Olympics. Nobody wins the gold medal if they have the worst story. 
sure. turn whatever you have into something that is useful to you. Yeah. And that's something that I, like I said, I always hated what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I always hated those kind of sayings, but I have come to understand why they're sayings. Sure. Sure. Because there is value in absorbing what happened to you and trying to make something good out of it. Yeah, you you make me think about the the fact again. I keep kind of getting stuck on that that second question: what's your role in creating this? Mm-hmm. Maybe changing that to what's your role in changing this? Again, not what's your role in creating it, but changing from that. I don't want to get away from that because. Like you said, there is a point where you have to take responsibility for yourself. Maybe change what you're asking just a little bit, because I think change is a loaded word. So maybe what is my role of, in changing the impact of yeah. this? Yeah, there you go. The circumstances are the circumstances. I don't have a time yeah. machine. I can't go back and change the things or how I handle the things that happened to me in the past. And that also is an enormous lesson that more people need to learn. Once it's done, it's done. The consequences are what they were. Your responsibility is what it is. All you can do is make amends and try to do better going forward. That's it. You can't go back and fix it and rehashing it 5 million times (laughs) about how, if this had just been different, it's not going to make it better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and, and if you're rehashing it 5,000 times, you're just going to stay in that same spot. You know, it, exactly. like I said, it's not going to make it better. And, and therefore, the sooner you can, you know, like I said, make amends, move forward, just get to that next place. You take the learning experience like you talked about and, and that kind of thing. I think one of the value of this whole series and why I like that you did this. Thank you for this, by the way, because You're it welcome. was I, I was a little skeptical when you started it and I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. And then I. I binged watch like the first four or five videos and I was like, yeah, I am so on board with this now. And I really got it. I think one of the benefits of it is that it does a lot of the things that you see out there, the supposed, you know, self-help and fix yourself things are very much involved in either kind of magical thinking like the secret stuff, you know, where you just go, I'm going to say this thing 10 times a day and then yeah. all riches will rain on my house, you know? Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, okay, but I think there's more to it than that. Right. Where's the action part of the plan? Yeah. And yeah. that's what I liked about this is number one, it talked about taking responsibility, which I think is huge. And number two, there was an action part. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And, and honestly, it's, it's funny that you bring up the secret because I actually uh, got involved with this GFK and field stuff based on watching the secret. And, and like I said, there was a lot of that in there that just like, eh, okay, I, perfect. But, but yeah, like you said, where's the action? Where's the, there's gotta be something more. And, and for whatever reason, the stuff, cause Jack Canfield was actually in that movie for whatever reason, the things that he was saying in the movie resonated with me as a, ah, okay. So yes, in a way, but you still got to take the action. And and then I, you know, picked up the book and with the first chapter being hundred percent responsibility, like you, I was, I was sold. So <laughs> awesome. Uh, real quick here, Jim says, uh, the only constant in life is change. So there you true. go. Keep moving forward. Love it. Very true. And that's, that's annoying as hell. <laughs> Just when you think you've gotten to the end of the evolution and you think you're fine, you know, something else comes up and you go, ah, crap again. Yep. 
again, got more. Life would be boring otherwise. There's a certain amount of comfort in the idea that we can all grow and be different today than we were yesterday, that we can learn from, you know, I, I, that's one of the things I find really comforting. You can learn from your mistakes. So no mistake is ever, I mean, okay, maybe if you run into a bus of nuns and blow it up, then yeah, that mistake will have permanent consequences. But, you know, for the most part, mistakes can be recovered from and you can move on and learn how to be better. Yeah, that's perfect. All right, Christine. Well, let's let's talk real quick about where people can find you. You've referenced and I talked about it at the beginning. Where can people find the Women Plus Business podcast and and those ladies that aren't familiar with women in garment decorating? I'd be shocked by that because I talk about it all the time too. But uh, tell us about both of those things real quick, please. The Women in Business podcast, there is a page on Facebook called Appropriately Enough Women in Business. You can also find a listing of all the episodes that have aired so far except for the last four, which I haven't put up yet, on my website, christineshreve.com. And also you can find all the episodes on YouTube and it is under Christine Shreve is the YouTube channel. And the Women in Garment Decoration group is also on Facebook. If you just search Women in Garment Decoration, you will find it. We're at I don't even remember how many members now. We added a bunch more yesterday, but um, great group of women. I'm really, really proud of what we've created there. And uh, if you're not a member, I hope you come and join us because it's it's a really, really good group of people. And I think we're creating a lot of amazing stuff there. Yeah. So Uh, obviously I'm not in it, not being a woman, but uh, the (laughs) things I hear uh, coming out of there, I mean, just just incredible. Uh, kind of some days makes me feel like, man, I wish I could be a woman and jump in that. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things that I want to try to figure out this year a little bit is I feel like one of the things that is missing from the discussions that we're having is some male perspective. I said on, I saw that you were calling on the Two Regular Guys podcast page for ideas for the podcast. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And one of the ones I put out there was, I would love to see a discussion of sexual harassment from a male perspective, because when Jillian Allen and I did a show on that for women in business, and because she's had experiences with it too. Oh, 733 as of now members. Thank you, Wendy, for knowing how many members are in the group. I, I like that. One of the things that was missing from that discussion a little bit was we had our perspectives But one of the things that I found in my research was also that men get harassed much more than you would think. I think it's a discussion that everybody needs to have is I know I have found myself saying things about a man on television or a man I see in a picture or something that if a man said the same thing about a woman, I would be outraged. But if since it's a guy, I'm like, he probably is really excited. (laughs) And when I started thinking about that, I thought, whoa, there's like a a real, see, this is the kind of stuff. There is a real double standard. And I think that that would be a fruitful discussion. So eventually, somewhere, somehow, I'm either going to figure out how to do panels on this kind of stuff, or I'm going to get one of the magazines behind me, or just do it myself. I don't know. Cool. I love it. I love it. Well, just, uh, I I can't wait to see what happens. And and, uh, if I can support you anyway, you know, you know where to find me. I do. Well, I, I want to get, 
you and Todd on women in business at some point. And I don't know why I think it should be you two, but I do. Okay. I just haven't figured out what the topic is yet. All right. All right. Well, let us know. Awesome. All right, Christine, anything else before uh, almost two and a half hours? So I think we've shared just about everything <laughs> we can share. <laughs> my wife's calling so i i probably yeah i'm sure i'm sure kyleen is going are you still talking to that woman <laughs> thank you for this this was interesting and fun and i'm sorry for the internet blips at the beginning but we eventually got that sorted out yeah. and that great it was it was fabulous thank you very much you're welcome you're welcome have a great rest of your saturday christine and and again everybody make sure you get over there check out women plus business podcast also get in the group great stuff going on over there so thanks again christine and uh, have a wonderful day you too thanks aaron all right guys so there we go that's a, a great conversation I, I love all the perspective that was what my hope was was that christine always has this tremendous perspective and the other thing i love about christine is she's so good at expressing those things. She, she's spent the time to, to be able to do that. We always joke that she's the official, unofficial writer for Two Regular Guys because she always helps us explain what we're trying to say very quickly in, in, in a comment, you know? So always great insight there and, and really appreciate her time today. Thank you guys very much for tuning in and, and checking it out. Like I said, on the podcast version, we're going to cut this up into segments and, and uh, allow you guys to, to take some bite sizes. So, so check that out. The other thing I wanted to share with you guys is we just wrapped up a, a future you party last night. Talked about the, the 10th week of this thing where the affirmations and stuff like that. A lot of that is, yeah, let's get that vision in our head. So just make sure that you're giving yourself some grace, giving yourself, it's okay if it feels forced or fake at first, it, it will come. And, and the same thing with your business, you know, you might not know everything you need to know today, but nobody does, you know, the, the people that quote unquote have the most successful businesses out there, they don't know everything that they need to know yet either. You know, they're going to face a challenge. They're going to, you know, wherever you're at in your business, in your life, just give yourself some grace and You've got a set of principles that you're you're following and uh, and you're moving forward. So I think that's about it. If you guys have any questions about what we do over at Our Success Group, you can check it out at OurSuccessGroup.com. If you want to email me directly, I will put another uh, thing up on screen here. But if you want to email me directly, it's Aaron at MontcoConsulting.com. If you have any questions, I'm happy to help out any way that I can. We're going to get into our five keys next week. And so if you're not an OSG member, we would appreciate you signing up, uh, OurSuccessGroup.com once again. All right. I think that's everything, guys. So thank you very much for your time. Next week, the plan is to chat a little bit about kind of predictions. What what I think we're going to see, this will fall nicely off of the Two Regular Guys podcast happening next Friday, where Terry and I talk about the 10 things we'd like to see in the industry. And then I want to take that another step further and not only say talk about the things I'd like to see, but talk about some of the things I think we're going to see going forward. You know, what, what changes is our industry going to see due to COVID and, and sports and all that kind of fun challenges or, or, or not challenges, question marks that we have. So I'm going to give my perspective. I hope you guys tune in and give your perspective. So again, tune in next week, 8 a.m. Central time here on Small Business Saturday. Other than that, you guys have a great rest of your Saturday and we'll talk to you again next week. You've just listened to the Small Business Saturday's podcast episode, recapping the 10-week success principles project with host Aaron Montgomery and guest host Christine Shreve. 
be sure to check out all of the episodes of the Small Business Saturdays podcast at smallbusinesssaturdayspodcast.com.